Amen? It's going to be by God's grace. He is going to keep us and enable us. Amen? If not, we're going to wander. If we're not given His grace, we're be going to be prone to leave the God I love. So, one thing that we're really looking at this morning are those things that He's given us, amen, to help us go on with the Lord in such a way that He gets the glory. So, that's kind of where we're at this morning, and, and I thought about this song, and it, it is one of my favorite songs. Y'all can take that down. Thank you so much, Jimmy and Charlie, or Jimmy and Paul. Pablo, we up? Okay. Let me encourage you to do a, you know, I'm not a social media guy, but you are. Let me encourage you to like our Facebook page. Let me encourage you to share with people the sermons on Sermon Audio. Okay? Those are, those are great tools. And uh, I'm so thankful for that. Uh, the young guy that preached while Jeannie and I were on our little Texas trip, uh, Christian Santos that was here, uh, we, we went to their home and had a meal with them on Friday in Conway. Uh, he and his wife and four kids and got to spend a couple of hours with them. and So it was really good. Uh, pray for that young family. Wow. You talk about stepping out, going to the seminary from Virginia, uh, Conway, Arkansas. <laughs> I don't know if they'd even heard of Conway, Arkansas before they moved there. But anyway, we, we were blessed. So are we going to make a difference in 2023? That's a, that's a good thought, huh? A good question. Are we going to be different makers? in 2023? Is that a fair question? Are we going to make a difference in our home? Are we going to make a difference in our church? Are we going to make a difference in our community? And so we, we all know that that's not going to happen unless we're the Lord. Y'all can take that down, uh, Paul. So everybody got what they need? Okay. Everybody got the sermon outline? Um, I'm looking at, uh, I'm kind of looking at and wondering if everybody's got it, so Maybe it's me. So, let me ask you. Being where God wants us to be spiritually in 2023, should that not be uh, what, what our thought might be going in? Now, now look. That is, that is somewhat fluid. Okay? Being where God wants us to be will require us to make some adjustments as we go. And we might uh, be headed in one direction that, that particular day, and we might need the grace and we might need the, the time to help somebody and go in a different direction. And that all comes from God's grace. So let me, let me just tell you, happy, happy New Year. And I'm so thankful that you're here this morning. But I want us to take just a little time this morning to quickly evaluate where we're at as individuals, and as a church, uh, it, it really, there's no time right now to regroup. Are y'all with me? Because 2023 is up on us. Right? All right, so back 84 days ago, we began to talk about getting ready for January the 1st. Right? All right. 
Now, hopefully, and, and I think many have made preparations, their Bible reading plan, their prayer time, uh, what they're going to do as a family. Uh, they've made plans for that. But, but, but I, I want you to know this, this day is really important. This week's really important because many of us in here would tell you if you get a day behind or you get a week behind, it's really easy to get discouraged and really not do anything. So let me encourage you to be encouraged. And if you haven't read your Bible yet, if you don't have a plan for your family, today is the day to resolve that. So here we are, and here we go. 2023. You know what I wanted to write this morning? So I wrote down 0101. You know what? Instead of writing 23, I wanted to write. It just tells you you're getting older. I really wanted to write 03. Where have the last 20 years gone? And, and for you that are Paul's age, you don't know what I'm talking about yet. Okay? But the older you get, the, the quicker the years fly by. And I mean, we just got into 2022. But I'm one of those that I'm not rushing time alone, but I was ready to move on. I was ready to move on to 2023, and I'm looking for better days. So you've got all the notes this morning. You've got all the notes for a couple of reasons this morning. Primarily, I didn't have time to, to edit the notes. I didn't really have time to, to do uh, a, a, a smaller addition to them. So you got them all uh, for the most part. But I want you to look at that, that statement, living for God's glory and having His grace to do His will in His local church and in our lives. Living for God's glory and having the grace to do His will so that He gets all the honor and glory. Would that be a good place to start? Should that be a goal of liars this morning? Well, listen to me. Unless you utilize God's graces that He's given to you, that won't happen. You'll be frustrated. Okay? If you try to go that on your own, you're going to be frustrated. So there are graces that God's given to us that must be exercised. Amen? All right? One of them you're practicing this morning. And we'll look at it a little closer, but you, you may, you're, you're tired. I, I bet every one of you are tired because of the last couple of weeks. You may be tired because you stayed up last night or the fireworks were too loud or whatever the case may be. But you exercised one of those graces. You got up and got together and assembled with the brothers and sisters in Christ. That's one of those graces. And don't take it lightly. Matter of fact, it's going to be the one that we put the most emphasis on this morning. So how do we get there? And how do we stay living for God's glory and living in His local church and in our lives in such a way that He gets the honor and glory? That's what we're looking at today. How do we stay on task? Wow, in this crazy, upside-down, and godless society. I, I mean, how do we do it? And, and look... Paul may can or Jimmy may can handle 
a few distractions in his life. But the older you get, the less distractions that you can handle. But we are all tempted to be distracted from the primary. And that's the Lord and His will. So what would He have us about doing? I'm going to look at four things quickly from Scripture that I know without a doubt that He would have us doing. Look at Matthew 5, 13 through 16. You have it in your notes or you can turn your Bible. You're the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You're the, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So we are to be bright, shining lights in a lost world. That means that we've got to keep our, our lamps full of oil, and we've got to keep them burning brightly. And the only way that's going to happen is for us to individually spend time with the Lord, getting that feeling, getting that anointing on a daily basis. Can somebody say amen? Can't happen outside of that. Matthew six thirty three. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. So are, are there not a ton of things out there that we could be seeking after? And some of them good. Some of them surely not bad. But we don't need to lose sight of what we need to be seeking after primarily, and that's the kingdom of God and His righteousness and Him in us living through us. The third thing is a, a pretty easy one, and we looked at it as we went through Matthew chapter 22, uh, which we're, matter of fact, we still got to finish up verses 41 through 46. But you shall love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Anybody got all that figured out yet? And love your neighbor as yourself. That's the second commandment. So I thought about that this morning, and uh, I, I, I read, I read in, I read in Matthew uh, about the death of Christ and the cruel death that He died on the cross. Uh, matter of fact, in one of my Old Testament, seeing Christ in the Old Testament, Jonathan Edwards was talking about all the Old Testament scriptures. Now listen to this: that spoke of the cruelty of the death of Christ. So I think if we on a regular basis reviewed the cruelness of his death, are y'all with me? And realizing that he suffered what we deserved, we would not have as big a problem in loving him with all our heart that we do. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So be salt and light. Seek God and His kingdom and His righteousness. Love God and love others. And be a witness and a testimony 
especially in our own home. Are those not obvious things that he would have us to do? We will not do those things on our own power. We'll have to receive the grace of God. So where are we at? We are on January the 1st, uh, 01-01-2023. But I want you to, I, I thought about this scripture this week. Uh, why, why do we need to talk about advancing God's kingdom? Well, Ephesians 5.16 says this, making the best use of our time because the days are evil. We live in evil times. Uh, there's, there's nothing uh, for the world to hang on to uh, except going from the last crisis to the next crisis. That's, that's how a lot of people live. They just go from one crisis to the next. But we have something that we need to hang on to. And going from one crisis to the next shouldn't define who we are. But we have something to hang on to, do we not? The God of creation, His Son, Jesus Christ, His Word. Look, wow, how blessed we are. Uh, and I don't know how long. I, I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even uh, pretend to tell you uh, how long that this is legal to own and have in the United States. It's coming. And you know, it's one of those things that could happen quickly. When quoting a Bible scripture at a school board meeting is violently opposed as being hate speech, you're just one step from outlawing this because it's hate speech. Okay? So... So we've got something to hang on to right now. All right? We need to be in it. All right? uh, it. It might be like some other things. We, we might ought to be putting them in a sealed PVC pipe and hiding them somewhere. The times are evil. The God of creation, His Son Jesus Christ, His, His Word, listen to me young people, His absolute true without, without error, sufficient and complete Word of God. You're a blessed people to have it. We have a little window. Y'all know we're, we're all living in some kind of window? Well, we have one window that's our life. And we have no idea. Was, was Robert 60? Okay. That, that's pretty young. He's pretty good shape. You know, uh, all of a sudden, that window for him was gone. We're in that window. But how much time do we have? We have no idea of knowing it. A window. Our children, they're another little window. Uh, I think about uh, Mally. I think about uh, James. We've Carlos. We've uh, Allison. We've got some, some little guys. And these parents have got a window that's open in which because of their age and their their, their hunger to, to be pleasing to the parents. They have a little window open to share the gospel and share the truth of God's Word. While yet they were children, they've known the Holy Scripture. The church He's put us in. We've got this window of opportunity 
that he's put us in, this community, this society that he's put us in. There's windows of opportunity out there where we are. We need to use those opportunities. We're, the times are evil. We, evil. we are now a secular nation. We are now a secular nation, which means this, there's many gods. There's, there's no one true God. There's many gods. And that's where we're at. And uh, I, I could have gone into some detail, but I didn't think that that was appropriate this morning. Now many gods are accepted, including self. Without the one true God acknowledged, listen, if a, if a country does not acknowledge the one true God, that country will not be blessed, and the prince of this world will be God in that country. That's where we're at. With God Almighty, His Son Jesus Christ and His Word, we and our children, without God Almighty, His Son Jesus Christ and His Word, we and our children have no hope. But with Him, we have all the hope. This is not the end of it. We're in the end stages of the secularization of a world, really. We're in the end stages. And I'll just give you a little hint of what that end stages might be, is when there's law after law being passed that uh, promotes evil. Abortion. Uh, homosexuality. Uh, I'll give you an example of, of a seed. Not only, not only do, does evil have to be approved, but evil has to be, there has to be a, a law that makes evil uh, acceptable. I'll give you the codification of same-sex marriages. That's just, that was a place that we had to get to. And, and what the, I understand that means, that, uh, that law is embedded in all the other laws of the United States. That uh, same-sex marriages are a right. And so we're in that place. We're at the end stages of the secularization of the world. No one true God. Now, that shouldn't uh, shake us up too bad. Because uh, I, I suspect that the, the nation of Israel... And Christians in most part of the, the, the world have lived in secular societies. And they've been a, a small remnant. But it's a little new for us, isn't it? Christians have, quote, been the majority. They've, quote, been the ruling party of the nation. It's not that way anymore. So back to the top that we looked at. How can we be the light of the world? How can we seek Him and His kingdom and make Him first and make Him first in our life and our priorities? How can we strive to love God and His Son more and more? And how can we go about evangelizing our families and the world? So, now listen closely. It doesn't matter if it's daily Bible reading, daily prayer time, or evangelizing your children and having family worship time. It will not happen, and you cannot be... You cannot be... Uh, consistent in it 
unless God pours His grace out upon you to do it. Because it's a difficult thing to do. It's difficult to get in bed on time. It's difficult to get up on time. It's difficult to have the right amount of rest so you, you can do what you need to do. It's a difficult task. You need God's grace. So it's a hopeless task without our making use of those graces that He's given us. He has given His people to, to have those graces to be the people and to do the things He's ordained for us to do. Uh, we can't do much, if anything, of any spiritual significance without God's grace. We're helpless. So we need to get used to exercising those graces. Amen? We have God's Word. That's a grace. I mean, uh, Old Testament, they had, they had the book of the law. There's people today, this is hard to believe. There's people today that, that would probably walk miles to get that one page from me. God's Word is a grace we need to exercise. Prayer is another grace that we need to exercise. We need to exercise it regularly. So let's look at the graces, the favors, the help that God's given us. And I guess this is the one that's uh, really been on my heart. And, and maybe, maybe it's because of holiday times. And holiday times, it's hard for people to be in church. But uh, I had a, a, a situation down at Howard County Jail uh, I'm quite sure some of you would would know the young guy that was that was in there, uh, and so just give you a little. He was in there because he didn't he didn't pay some fines he had. He ended up in jail. Now I don't know how big the fines were. Don't know how much how long it took him and his wife to get the money uh, together to get him out of jail. But he stayed there. He stayed there a few days, and so what led to my thinking more about this? He he shared with me. Uh, how 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 they had lost their focus on attending church, and so that that made me begin to think. And so as I got into this this message and thinking about it, this this one came to my mind. So look at Exodus twenty, chapter twenty, verse eight. Remember the what? That's the Lord's day to us. Do what? Remember it. Make it important. To keep it what? Holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is in, within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So the Lord did that for a reason. And it wasn't to bless Him. Or it wasn't for His benefit. He did that for His creation. Look at Mark 2.27. He said to them, The Sabbath was made for 
for man, not man for the Sabbath. So God instituted that day of rest for us. So there's got to be more to it than a day of rest in which we sleep in. There's got to be more to it than a day of rest. So, so what this young man told me was, he, he, told, me, he, he told me what his 10-year-old was involved in, and he told me what his 3-year-old was involved in. And because of that involvement, all of a sudden, most Sundays, they can't be in church. And all of a sudden, he ends up in jail. Now, hopefully, that's an eye-awakening experience for him. But listen, folks, we, I, need the Lord's Day. That day needs to be important to me. I need to be in the Lord's house. I need to be with you. He wouldn't have made it the way he did if it wasn't important. So Christians must hallow the Lord's day. Honor it. Respect it. Listen, men and women and children need the Lord's day. That's one of those graces. That's one of those things we can either partake of or not partake of, and we're missing out of something when we don't partake of it, and we're also missing out on encouraging others. Now look, I read this somewhere else, but it's the absolute truth. Our children will, not, will likely not continue on with the Lord unless they see us making the Lord's Day a priority. Y'all listen to me. How you look upon the Lord's Day is making a great impact upon your children. A great impact. Because they know in their little minds, even yet they still know that there's something special about the Lord's Day. Deuteronomy 6, 7. This is another one of those graces. You shall teach the things of the Lord diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. Now, we need to be about doing that, and that's one of those graces that's going to bless our children. That's one of those graces that we need God's grace to do, and we need to be about doing those things. It's, it's one of those opportunities to extend God's grace to our children, and we only have a certain amount of time to do that. Then Mark 6, 31, And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while, for many are coming and going, and they had no leisure to eat. Another grace, another opportunity, another favor that we have is God gives us the opportunity alone through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, through the Lord Jesus Christ, to come into His very presence. I think about the full armor of God. I mean, you read that scripture and it says, put on the full armor of God. 
You know what that means? <laughs> Put on the full armor of God. It's one of those opportunities we have. But I guess we just think, not for me. And the crazy thing about that, I got under conviction. I know exactly where I was. I, I know it. I pretty much know exactly on my little circle of walking in Ecuador at uh, El Tambo at the, at, at the little mission center there. Uh, I had a place that I had to kind of go, I kind of had to go through a little gate. And it was right in that time that the Lord impressed upon me to memorize that scripture about the full armor of God. So I'm thinking about the full armor of God, right? That's what I'm thinking. But the, the verse right at the end of that says, pray also for all the saints. Right? Charles used the verse this morning in her prayer time. It says, pray also for all the saints. And Paul says, pray also for me. Okay? Pray also for preachers that whenever I open my mouth, I may fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel which I'm an ambassador in change. Well, I want to tell you, there's a whole lot in that full armor of God. And the thing that really has impacted me out about it is the mystery of the gospel. There, there's a little mystery to a dead man being made alive. So God's grace, spending time alone with the Lord. Acts 2, 42 through 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. Pretty much, well, it's, it's a mixed crowd here this morning. Uh, they devoted themselves to the apostle teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and, and the prayers. So they devoted themselves, what? To the teaching of the apostles, to fellowship, getting together, to the, being present at the Lord's Supper. The first, the first Sunday of each month, we ought to look back. We ought to look back at the attendance record. And if you want to know how many times you missed church last year, I'm not going to look, probably. <laughs> I'm probably not going to look. But I can tell you how many times you missed church this year, if you're interested. And for, for those that are pretty irregular, it will probably surprise them how many times they miss church. But what I'm, what I'm getting at with this, to the breaking of bread, the, the first Sunday of each month, what do we do? The Lord's Supper, Right? And should it not be important that we partake in the Lord's Supper? All right. So the first Sunday of the month ought to be the highest attendance every month. That's one of those graces he's given us. But we got to go partake of it. So, so just like this young man that was in jail, uh, did he mean to get to the place that he ended up in Howard County Jail? No, did he ever think of missing this Sunday and this Sunday and this Sunday was going to lead to that? No, we never think that. But the things of the Lord are a big deal. And we can't just pass off what he says as if it's not important. <clears throat> And awe came upon every soul when this happened. What happened? When the elders, when the teachers broke open the Word of God, there were many people there to hear the teaching. 
Fellowship. When they said something about a potluck, or they said something about whatever, and there was going to be a group of Christians there, they wanted to be there. Now, now look, that's natural as Christians. Y'all with me? It's natural to want to be in Bible study. In the Lord, it's natural. In the flesh, I'm too tired. But in the Spirit, it's natural. It's natural for Christians to want to be together because we have something in common. That's Christ and that He has united us in the same local group of people, the church. In prayers. Oh, I'm so blessed. I, I, I don't know where we're at this morning. I know the last Sunday was, I know what last Sunday morning was. It was Christmas. I know we had 20 in prayer. That's the smallest amount we've had yet. Yet We had something between 20 and 30 this morning. I didn't, didn't even think of, well, I know, I know who was there, but I haven't counted. But you see what happened? They were devoted to what? Those things. You could really say they were devoted to attendance in the happenings of the church. And look what happened. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Verse 44. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and blowing and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread. Look at this now. This is a rarity. This, this, is, as, this is as big of a rarity as uh, uh, visitation is. Y'all not, might not know it. Y'all, y'all, probably, y'all probably know it. It, it. It's not a... I might consider, when I was going to come to your house, I might consider if it was Bob and Linda that I know Bob sometimes in the afternoon take a nap. I might consider not to go at that time. Okay, I'm, I might at least think that far ahead. Okay? But, but it bothers me not to come to your house un, unannounced. Now... <laughs> I mean, I'm not coming to see your house. I'm not coming to eat your food. I just had an opportunity to come to your house, okay? But that's pretty much out of the ordinary now. But listen, let me tell you what else is out of the ordinary. Having somebody in your house to eat a meal that's not, not, not blood relatives. But what do you say? Day by day, breaking bread in their homes. Uh, I'll leave it there. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. Uh, I'm telling you, I think lost people ought to be shocked with the love that the saints in a local fellowship have for one another. Huh? I think lost people ought to stand amazed at the love that brothers in the local fellowship have for one another and what they'd be willing to sacrifice or do for one another. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. 
Okay, now all of those are opportunities, they're favors, they're graces that we can expose ourselves to. Right? That will encourage us in the Lord. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting the meeting together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Uh, the Christian must make his church a priority. And, and we're going to go over, it's, it's in your program, what's expected of a member. And uh, so I don't have this all figured out. But, but I, I do know this. Uh, people usually when they, they start coming around are, are pretty regular in attendance, okay? And then they want to become a member. But then they become a member, and sometimes they're not as regular in attendance as they were. So I don't know if we dumb them down or if they don't look around in the church and see other people aren't partaking of all these things and they think they don't have to either. But there are as expectations. And every one of us that became a member knew what those expectations were. And that's to attend Bible study and to attend worship and to be involved in the activities of the church. Those are expectations. We need to be an encouragement to one another. So the Christian must make his church a priority. It's just like the Sabbath day. Kids know that Sunday, kids know, look, if, if kids have been exposed to church at all, you can ask them, just ask them, what are Christian people expected to do on Sunday? Whether their family does or not, what are they going to tell you? Be in church. Okay? So, this is another thing. You don't have to tell a kid that if this is the Lord's church, and if this is where God's Word is preached, and this is where prayer and fellowship happen, you don't have to tell a kid that being in attendance is a priority. They know that. But when it doesn't happen, what else does it tell the kids? It's not a priority. And, and ki- I look at Donna. Jaden knows. Grandma, she's at work. But they, know wh- you, they know why you're not there. They know whether it's a priority or not. You just got to remember, we're teaching way more about what we do than what we say. Romans 12, 1 through 4. It's another one of those things that we have the opportunity to do, right? I mean, this is a powerful scripture. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. You know what that means? I give, this is the reasonable thing to do, I give my very being to the Lord and to His kingdom and to His work. That's another one of those graces. You hold back. You don't do that. You're not going to receive the graces that you could receive. Just look at the benefits of this. I I mean, this is one of those powerful scriptures, which is your spiritual. Now, by by the way, that that just means knowing what Christ did for me, 
knowing what he suffered for me, knowing what he's done to me, for me, my, my, my spiritual worship, my reasonable thing to do is for me to give my life to him. Now, do I fully appreciate that today? Not as much as I will at judgment. All right, how about, how about verse 2? Do not be conformed to this world. Now look, guys. Wow. I guess I'm going to tell you one of my New Year's resolutions. I'm looking at no news in 2023. I will get all my information from Owen Strand, Samuel Say, somebody that I respect that I can follow. Because look, guys, <laughs> it's kind of a joke. And I, I, had, I had very little to know about the Babylonian bee. Uh, Travis kind of brought my mind to who, who it was. He, he used the Babylonian bee. He used to spoof me. He used to send me stuff from the Babylonian bee. And I thought it was the truth. But, but anyway, so, so they're a little bit of a spoof. But usually their spoofs are so over the top, you know it's a spoof, right? So ju- just think, okay, do not be conformed to this world. If, if I've got that phone in my hand all the time, whether you're watching news or whatever, listen, I'm being conformed to this world. It's not just 11, 12, 13, 14-year-old kids having a meal at, at Texas Roadhouse with their parents, and, and there's not just the two teenagers on their phone. All four are there on their phone. And I want to tell you, if you've got that phone in your hand, 90% of the time you're being conformed to this world. I can't, I don't, look, I can't handle it. You, okay, so the Babylonian bee, it's a spoof, right? You're probably going to get spoofed on their website. Well, you're getting lied to on all the other websites, and you're taking it as a truth. Now, which is better? Which is better, to know it's a spoof or thinking it's not a spoof and swallowing it? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So look, if you want to know what God's will is for your life, give your life to Him, and He will give you understanding. Look, He'll, he'll, he'll give you understanding that you might discern what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for your life. Give yourself fully to the Lord. How fully? How fully did Christ give himself to us? He was a sacrifice on the cross. Now these graces cannot be ignored if we're going to go on with the Lord. If we're going to be able to do those things he has given us to do in serving his church and advancing his kingdom, we've got to partake 
of the things that he's given us to partake of. Attendance, Bible study, the Lord's Supper, the opportunity to pray, the opportunity to read God's Scripture. So, church, for, for, for some of us, this is a total reordering of our priorities. Preparing our loved ones for eternity as they pass through this world. Doing the spiritual things even if nothing else gets done. Now, how novel is that? Did you hear me? What, what if we took care of the spiritual matter before we went to work? What if we did that? That would be more right than we've got it now. Now let me see if I can explain that. Right now, we're doing non-significant, non-spiritual things in priority over the things of the Lord. And I can tell you, providing for your family is one of the things of the Lord. We can't squeeze the things of God's kingdom, including His local church, we can't squeeze that out to run and do something else. And, and I'm going to leave that something else up to your mind to know what it is. <laughs> Let's talk to Lewis and Laura about their last couple of months and how exciting and how fun it's been, but also how challenging it's been. It's in a good way, but talk to them about their experience. I'm telling you, listen, folks, it takes time to do the things in your private life and in your family. It takes time to do those things. Now, listen to me. This is how upside down we are. But we add everything of the world, and what do we think we can cut back on? The things of the Lord. And let me tell you what we're doing. We're abusing, we are abusing God's grace. We are presuming upon God. I'm saved by grace through faith, and all of that, I'm trusting in the works of Christ, so I don't have to do all that. You don't have to do all that to be saved, but if you are saved, you'll want to do those things. And I'm, look, look I'm so glad. Picked on Donna and I picked on Lewis and Laura, but I'm not preaching to Donna or Lewis or Laura. I'm not preaching. By the grace of God, I haven't had. I haven't had a one of you. Now I may have had some some people came through my mind talking about church attendance that hadn't been here in a minute, but I haven't. Not one of you have come to my mind this morning. I'm not talking to a one of you. I'm talking to us, because here's here's what here's what we got to do. Because listen now. We have a responsibility for those that we see slacking. It's your responsibility as well as mine and Tom's and Pablo's responsibility to ask them, are they sure they got their priorities right?
This is what it'll look like. Keeping the Sabbath day holy. Private devotions. Family devotions. People who witness to the unchurched. Giving to the poor. Practicing biblical hospitality. I'm telling you, Charles hadn't done it yet. But I've challenged him too. Listen, I could take a bologna sandwich with a good piece of uh, red rind cheese and an onion in your house any day and enjoy it. We had, it, we had bologna at his house? It's been so, Charles, it's been so long I forgot, man. Look. Go into somebody's house. Shock them and take them to your house. Amen? Being zealous for the things of the Lord. Being set apart and separated from the world. Being willing to speak the truth in love. That's what I'm talking about. When they bring it up, talk to them about it. Are we making any movement in this direction? Are you men moving yourself and your family in this direction I'm thinking of Billy now because we've kind of talked about this. Heads of house, is this where you have your house headed? Joshua 24, 15. Now look at this. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your fathers served in the regions beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Well, let me tell you what, men. If you quote that scripture very much, your priorities will be rearranged. It's one thing to say it, right? It's another thing to do it. This is what this will look like. It will be obvious that the Lord and His church has become a priority. The home will be a place of prayer, Bible reading, study, and hospitality. The church will be the number one priority outside the home. We work to support the home and the church. Really? What's the Christian's finances for? Support the home, support the family, and support what? The local church. Worship will be a priority and rarely missed. Bible study will be prepared for, attended, and reviewed as a family. We are, we are blessed people. We have great Sunday school material. The kids study the same material that you study. We give take-home sheets so you can review with the kids what they did in their class. Great stuff. Can you imagine what happens if families study together? I, I can tell you from teaching, Jeannie and I teaching toddlers for years, there is much learning, y'all listening? There, are, there is much learning that takes place when families, are y'all ready for this? Study together. Remember? Remember Lois and who? Yeah, remember them? What do you tell Timothy? Remember who you learned it from. It makes a difference when mom and dad teach it. Actively involved in church activities. Church calendar. It was prevented... It was presented, we voted yes, and now we'll support it. There's not much on our church calendar. That church calendar ought to be on your phone. Somebody call you about January the 29th, say, I cannot miss church that day. We're hosting the call of Howard County. Did y'all hear that? 
We are hosting the, the call of Howard County. The life of our family will revolve around our church. Some of you, I, I just thought about, uh, I'm going to ask some of you that question. Uh, but just for my, my, see, I never experienced that at my house. But, but I've been preaching since 1990, so for the last 33 years, surely, uh, our house has revolved around the activities of the church. But I would be curious about some others of you, uh, especially that grew up in, in, in varied backgrounds. When, 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 and is it not taught in Scripture that the life of our family will revolve around our church? Men will constantly strive to be godly men in the home, turning little boys into godly men, leaders, lovers, protectors, providers. Moms will find their significance in being a wife and a mother that God gifted them to be, raising little girls to take up their God-given roles, to get married, bear children if able, raise them to know the Lord and keepers of the home. I think that's what Titus 2 says. Older women likewise will be reverent in behavior, not slanders or slaves to much wine. They're able to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, submissive to their own husbands, that the Word of God may not be reviled. So, let me wrap it up quickly. I love the King James Version of this passage, where there's no vision, the people perish. So, uh, I don't know, maybe Tuesday at our leaders' meeting, maybe I'll pass this out. It would, it would, it would be really interesting to pass it out. And uh, so what we've talked about today, the church being a priority, the family being a priority, the things of God being a priority. If you had a scale of 1 to 10, okay, if you just had a scale of 1 to 10, uh, for any of you that are members of the church, you could say, well, this is where our church is six and a half or whatever, right? Where are we at in doing that? And so wherever we are at, should we not be moving the scale in making the things of the Lord a priority? Absolutely. Because we have an opportunity in an evil, dark world to make a difference. Where there's no vision, the people perish. Without some consideration, we'll not be able to shake off the world. Wow, I'm telling you. Uh, the reason I'm not doing news is because I really don't have time and I can't handle the distraction of what's on the news. That makes sense. You know, some people can listen to this radio station. Man, I'd have to go to the pharmacy and get me some blood pressure medicine if I left, lifted all that all the time. I just can't handle it. So why, why, why punish yourself like that? Listen, without some effort, you, we will look like just every other family in the neighborhood. Amen? 
But that ought not to be the case. Without a vision and leadership, we'll look just like every other church. What have we been talking about for the last 84 days? What, tell me. Every Sunday almost. It was in the program whether we talked about it or not. Having a what? Having a plan to grow spiritually in 2023. Right? Well, it's time for the rubber to meet the road. Amen? Spiritual plans for ourselves and our families. It's not too late. Not too late. Today's not gone. This week's not gone. If you don't have a one-year Bible, we'll get you one. If you don't have the one-year Bible that you, that you want, we'll try to get you one. Uh, Russ was telling me this morning. <laughs> so the one-year Bible is the same one-year Bible, but it gets cheaper made and smaller print every year. So all of you are, are way more t- technically advanced than I am. So you probably need to get to the place that you can get your Bible online. You know, you can change the font size and do all that, right? And, and uh, Lacey has, uh, Lacey's got a, a Bible reading plan that she's, she has done that's really good. And uh, ask her about that. She's, she's got some ideas. Talk to Russ about uh, different ways to read your Bible. But if we let the day slip by, the week slip by, it's not a good sign. You know what I tell the guys out that get out of jail? Get out of prison. I say if you get out of prison on Monday or Tuesday and you're not in church on Wednesday, it's probably not a good sign. Y'all with me? If you get out of prison on Thursday or Friday and you're not in church on Sunday, it's probably not a good sign. If you don't make a move today or at least by the end of this week in doing things differently in next year, it's not a good sign. Because it does take some effort, amen, to exercise these graces. You'll see in just a few moments in our membership meeting, what's being laid out only represents what our membership requirements clearly lay out. The day is evil. The world and its leader is after our very lives. The lives and our souls of our children and out to destroy the church. Did you hear that? I don't think... I know it's not an overstating of the the truth. Because the devil is what in John 10.10? He is out to kill, steal, and destroy. So, the day of evil, the world and its leaders after our very lives, the lives and souls of our children, and out to destroy our church. Church, we must get into battle and fight the good fight. Amen. Appropriate that we're having the Lord's Supper today because one of the... um